New Life family. We were made, we were designed by our Father to embrace Him and one another. He loves giving hugs away. Does anybody agree that Jesus loves to give hugs away? All right, then we should be giving hugs away. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. And can I encourage you today to uh, address every distraction that keeps you be from being a part of a small group? And you don't know some of the distractions that's been plaguing your life. Amen. Somebody said, really? Yeah, yeah. You're going to be surprised today where Jesus addresses things that we're easily distracted with that we don't even think about because there are other distractions going on that we focus on. And they're the little foxes that spoil the vine. They're not the big ones. They're the little ones. And, uh, amen, y'all believe in big devils and little devils? Big devils rule over the little devils. Did y'all know that? And it's kind of sound scripturally. If you do a little reading in the scripture, you'll find it. It's, it's all over there. How the prince of the air and how he works, how that, Satan, along with the, a third of the angels that fell, are subject to his authority. Wow. And then, they, you know, it just levels. And uh, I'm not trying to be spooky today. I'm just letting you know that our mind is real. Amen. The battleground of the mind is real. It's good to see. Amen. One of our favorite people here today, Eric. Good. God bless you. Amen. I seen him smile. That smile was radiant. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Empowered to take dominion over distractions. Jesus empowers us to take dominion over distractions. Now, so that we just go to the heart of this real quick. I only have got a few minutes to talk to you, and I don't have enough. It's not enough time to really talk about this topic today. But I'm going to say what the Spirit's given me. And so I'm more affectionate now about why Jesus was so adamant about his followers when he come out of the grave. He spent 40 days with them, and then they were so excited to go tell everybody they could. He says, no, you wait. You tarry. You hang out until you've been endued with power from on high. Then go and be my witness. Anybody want to be a witness for Jesus? I mean, let me say this clearly. Don't let the enemy distract you in thinking that you can do it in your own power. You cannot be for Jesus without Jesus forming himself in you. And for him to do that, we've got to let him have access to our heart so that he can do a work in us. Don't let the enemy distract you to think that you can be good enough for God. That ain't going to happen. And we're doing a lot of good things, aren't we? But are we doing God things? And the enemy knows how to manipulate and control us into believing the idea that this is good and that is good and this is good and that is good. And it not be associated with God whatsoever. That's real, y'all. 
And so we need Jesus. And the Spirit-led life requires an ear that can hear what the Spirit is saying. If you cannot hear Jesus, it's because you're listening to something else. Everybody has been designed by our Heavenly Father to have an ear to hear. Now, we must make the choice, though, to develop that ear so we can hear. And if I can hear him speaking to me, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. That's what Jesus said. If I can hear him, then I have the potential of following him. If you cannot hear his voice, be sure you get this. The enemy wants you to think that you can follow Jesus without hearing his voice. He loves to manipulate everyone to think that you can actually follow Jesus without hearing. He or she that hath an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He didn't say that one time, not two times. He said it multiple times. It's settled. Develop your ear. And the potential is wow, because faith comes by hearing the voice of God. So does anybody agree that the only way you can please God is to walk by faith? It would be okay for you to go ahead and agree today that I've been distracted because I couldn't figure God out. I've been distracted because I question God. That can't be God talking. And you agree with the enemy, that can't be God. And the moment you agree with the enemy that that's not God, you've been distracted and you've developed your ear to hear the voice of the bad boy. And you don't even know you're doing that. It's like, there's nobody I know that would say, you know, like, yeah, I'm excited today. The devil's going to talk to him and I can't wait to agree with him. I hadn't met very many people. There are Satan worshipers that actually go there because they've been offended by the presentation of Christ in our world. It's been whacked out. And they'll go there. And God will work with that because eventually you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because you can't produce anything worthwhile, amen, agreeing with the devil. You can only produce bad fruit. And I hadn't met anybody that just jumped something down about bad fruit. Everybody is designed by God with his nature there. It's in the DNA. We want good fruit. Amen? Distractions. So let me, let me share to, with you a few scriptures Amen. And I got liberty in the spirit to do that today. But there's several I'm not going to share with you today. You must do your homework. If you're going to question God, you must deal with it. Do you love me? He says, well, keep my commands. Amen. And he's not making anybody do anything. He's inviting you to have life. Because everything about his commands is revealing who he is. Isn't that interesting? The Ten Commandments is a revelation of who God is. <laughs> I don't know about that, Pastor. Yeah, be sure of that. They reveal him. And you're designed to be like him. He just won't make you be like him. He will invite you 
Amen. To let him form himself in you. Amen. It says it this way. Paul giving. Um, now, this, this came to me this week. It's isn't it interesting. Jesus gave everything. Everything. He gave it all. The devil don't give anything. And I've been kind of humbled by the fact that I give him a lot of my attention in the past. And I keep finding out areas as I grow in the Lord that, oh, my goodness, I gave that to him too. And I gave that to him too. And, like, he didn't give nothing. And we give him so much of this thing called time. We don't steward well because we're distracted. Anybody ever been distracted? You can get checking count, get in the wrong, got distracted. You know what I'm talking about? And the Lord is wanting to empower us in his spirit and fire so that we can have dominion over distractions. Amen. Some evidence of distraction is shame, guilt. Poverty, disease, jealousy, broken relationships. All that's evidence of distractions. But you don't understand. I was treated wrong. and I wasn't treated fair. They should have gave me a raise. And <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the enemy holds you in jail with offense. Satan's bait, right? And we justify our dilemmas. We justify our pain. We justify our situation and circumstance because of offense. And the enemy knows how to bring offense in waves. This is what Paul tells Timothy. He says, it's so important you catch this, Timothy, in the presence of God. In 2 Timothy 4.1 in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come. This is 2,000 years ago. I just wonder how bad it's gotten today. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them of great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And where's, what is itching ears indicative of? Opinions and preferences. Well, I think this. Well, I think that. I'm, I, I like the way you preach that. I agree with that. Hello? They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, Timothy. Endure hardship. Don't let pushback sway you. Stay focused. Don't be distracted. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. That's a pretty strong warning from Paul, wasn't it? Here's Peter. 1 Peter 5, 6. So humble yourselves. You know, make the choice. Choose today to humble yourself. My opinion don't matter no more. My preference, uh, it's cost me too much. I'm in debt because I'm hard-headed. Choose today to humble yourself, Peter says, 
under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Why is there worry and cares there? Distractions, offenses, amen, immature evidence. And immaturity is the evidence of the enemy at play. Stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour, to hear him, to listen to him, to buy into his lies, his schemes. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. What's what Paul, what is Peter saying? Listen to what the Spirit is saying. Quit questioning when God speaks. Amen. Every one of us has the ability to feel after him. Right now, you can feel after God. It's wired into you. And the moment you feel, he says, I will suddenly come to my house. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's looking for access. He's looking for availability. He's looking for us to turn our attention to him. But I need to understand him first, Pastor. He says some interesting stuff. He might ask me to do something. He, you know, the last time he asked me to do something, I couldn't figure it out. Man, I just, uh, okay, well, then I'm just going to, as soon as I figure out what he's saying, then I'm going to act. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everybody in this room has it. Everybody in this room has faith because you have hope. You're here today because the Spirit drew you. Is that true? Or can or Jesus lie about that one too? And if the Spirit drew you here, it's because you're hoping for something. You showed up because you had some hope inside your spirit. And you, you know you need something more than you don't have today. 1974, I was born again of spirit and fire. Whew. But you found out about three weeks later, I needed to get renewed. I needed to stir up the gift and pray in the spirit again. Why? Because... It's not a one-time experience. It's a walk in the Spirit. It's a development into sonship, amen, into true identity in Him. And apart from Spirit and fire, apart from the promise of God that He's given to everybody to take access of, the enemy knows He's got to block you and distract you so you don't stay in tune in the Spirit. And so He loves making us think we're smart. He likes to make you feel good about the fact that you're intelligent. That you know something. Matter of fact, he's okay if you can quote the whole Bible. As long as he's got just a little part of that. And he can put just a little bit of pride in there. So that you don't have to pray in the Spirit today. And when you're not praying in the Spirit and you're, you, your life is not, a, you know, you, you pray without ceasing. It's not, it's not developed. That maturity of praying without ceasing has happened to where everything you say is what he says. Everything you do is what you see him do. You're, the, you're a manifested son. 
<sighs> bringing hope everywhere you go. If he can just take away a little bit of your time, distract you just enough, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just a little bit of time. Anybody ever spent some time without Jesus? You ain't got to raise your hand. I'll raise mine. That guy in the mirror, he's smart. I found out he's dumb, though, because he gives up the best that God has to offer being intelligent. He could fix everything in the city if he was the manager. But I found out I don't want him to be the manager. I want Jesus to be Lord. And I need my help comes from above. <sighs> every breath, every act, every movement must be a revealing of him. Boy, boy you sound super spiritual. Everybody in this room is super spiritual. That's what daddy says about you. Really, the enemy's convinced you you're not. You're dumb, you're ignorant, you're foolish, you ain't worthy. God ain't interested in you. You're such a big failure. He'll never take time for you. Y'all have heard all that, them lies. And he, he's so good at doing it, we buy into it. And we start believing the fact that we're not worthy. We start believing the fact that God don't care. We start believing, amen, that, man, I'm just going to have to make ends meet somehow just because I might have to take my own ability and move forward. And that's the way that's hard and heavy and burdensome. When God designed you and I, amen, to have fellowship with him and it'd be light and easy. And so if you're not having fun today with Jesus with light and easy, it's because you've been distracted. And it's because the enemy, the devourer, the one that walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, is very convincing. He's good at what he does. You can't compete with him. And since I can't compete with him, then what do I do? I let spirit and fire come. And I don't understand how we're going to navigate through whatever, but the spirit leads you and it navigates you. Amen. Develops your spirit, forms himself in you. And you, you, at the end of the day, you can't take any credit for it because all you can say is look what the Lord has done. Ain't no pride in that, is there? There ain't no look at me, look what I did. It's always look what my father did on my behalf. I don't know why in the world he would adopt me into his family. Why he would give me such an inheritance, amen, and then say, I can have it for eternity. And all he's looking for is the relationship. He's looking for, amen, come go with me. Let me show you what you've never seen before. And all the devil, all he has to do is just distract. And he does it religiously. He uses the Bible, that holy book. He takes the very logos. He takes the very written word. He takes the, amen, the, the letter that's been penned and put on pages Amen. That men, as they were moved on the Spirit, wrote. He takes that, convinces you that's the utterance of God to you. And instead of you considering the relationship that the man that was under the anointing was writing from, 
you have a private interpretation of what it says. Is that real in Christianity? How many, how many interpretations of the Scripture are there out there? And let me, do, let me be sure of this. God don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the interpretation that he intends for that is all about him. He said, I come in the volume of the book. The scriptures are they which testify of me. And what he says about him and you is that you are who he is. And God, the Spirit, steps off of the throne and comes down. And then through the womb of a young girl, he robes himself in flesh. And is born of human flesh, God in flesh, to show us how to be who he says we are. And he adopts us to go with him on this wonderful journey, not to fail like our biological father Adam fell, but he redeems Adam, you and me, so that we can pick up where Adam left off and walk with him. And tend to his business. Is that true? Yes. And so what did Adam do? He walked with the voice of God in the cool of the day. Therein lies the miracle. It's just one day Adam decided, instead of walking with the voice of God today, I'm going to walk with another voice. Because it's attractive. It's appealing. It looks like it would make one wise. Anybody ever been there before? And you get all the downloads you can from all the information you can because you feel like you're going to get wiser if you do. And all it does is spiritually body slam you and put you in prison. True? You have a 12-year-old Jesus. I'm not reading no more scripture. He won't let me right now. You have a 12-year-old Jesus. You have to go read it for yourself. And his mom and dad lost, lost him. You ever lost your kids before? And when they found him, they marveled when they found him because he was sitting among the religious group. And they were all like, how can anybody talk like this, much less a 12-year-old? And he's not even entered into his ministry. And they rebuke him. And this 12-year-old says, why are you looking for me? Don't you know I'm supposed to be in my daddy's house? Consumed by him, one translation said. And the scripture said, and they understood not what he said. A 12-year-old. God in flesh trying to show me and you how powerful we are when we're in the house. I'm not talking about a temple. I'm not talking about a building. And then Jesus comes after he's been in his, he comes out of the grave and he says, look, be not troubled. Don't worry. You believe in God? Pay attention to me then. There's more than enough room for you in my father's house. This is not futuristic, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus went and he prepared it. He went and he died. 
the greatest event that's ever been known. He finished it on a cross. Gave it all. And when he comes out of the grave, he tells them now, I want you to hang out here, hold steady, because I'm coming back. That's 40 days into it. He said, now, hang out 43 days into it. He said, hang out here. Don't you leave. You stay right here because I'm coming back. And he came back on day 50 and filled them with spirit and with fire. Now, he names two different things that you need to be aware of that will distract you. Anybody want to find out? You want to find out the big one, the big devils? There's the big devils. All these little devils you're dealing with and you're trying to put under your feet and they keep sliding back under your feet and getting on again. Anybody got that kind of trouble? It's like, man, I thought I dealt with that. No, he's a manipulator and a controller. he make you feel like, anybody ever went to your prayer closet and all of a sudden you felt better about, man, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah, you, you, you can turn your heart towards heaven and the enemy that's manipulating and control you, he'll back away. Just for he'll back away and not bother you for a little bit, making you think you got him. And then when you're not hanging out with daddy like you should be, he's back in. Body slamming you. Yeah, yeah. He's good at he's good at I mean, you just can't beat that cat. The only way you can beat him is get filled with spirit and fire and walk in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Only say what you hear your father say. Only do what you see your father do. That's the only way you beat that cat. It's set up to where without God you can do nothing but be distracted. I qualify to encourage you today. I grew up under the pews in a church, spirit-filled church. I qualify to encourage you today and remind you that if you deal with the big boys, all the little ones, they can't do nothing. All the little distractions can't do if you deal with the two big distractions. I got a few minutes to inspire you. There's a breaking coming in our world. There's a breaking. Now, I'm not being spooky right now. I'm just stating something that you in your spirit, DNA, you know. Yep, yep, yep. And daddy wants you, it's not a word, but I'm going to use it, undistracted. He don't want you distracted. He wants your attention. Single eye. Unity of spirit. Right? He wants to be God. That's what that's what Jesus wants to be in all of our lives. Our source. I can't make it without Jesus. And it's not just a phrase, you believe that. You can't make it without Jesus. And he wants access to his house, and he can only do that in his spirit. The spirit of Christ is the Holy Spirit. It is Christ forming himself in you. Until you yield to becoming manifested sons 
men and women, manifested sons. Be in Christ wherever you go. So, number one, distraction. Number one, distraction. It's not maybe not, may not be the number one, but it's two number ones, okay? There's two number ones. It's the devil. But I'm going to describe him because he's good at what he does. He loves you eating at the tree of knowledge of good and evil, okay? So let's, let's go ahead and run to the good side, which is not God. And Jesus said to the religious group when they said, we are Abraham's children. He says, no, if you was Abraham's children, you wouldn't seek to kill me. He said, your father is the devil. And you say what you hear him say, and you do what you see him do. And he just was blunt. And then he gets off with his boys, and he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware. Would you say that that would be an important beware? Does that impact us today? Absolutely. It's really called the pride of the Pharisees. Have I been one before? Ouch. Yes. Isn't it interesting that God needs a vessel? God needs a vessel to, in order for him to finish his purpose. He chose to limit himself to you and me being available so that he could have access to his house, and from his house he could glorify his name. And through his temple, come on, you and I, the kingdom comes. Well, just like Jesus needs a vessel, the devil needs a vessel that he cannot do and he cannot build his kingdom without someone in agreement with him. Ah, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You see, a Pharisee was convinced that it was their duty to give you a scriptural reference on what you should both say and do. That if you're looking for things to do, here, I got it for you. Here's the Bible study. Here's the scripture. Go do it now. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, my goodness. You're going to deal with that. You're going to deal with that leaven right now. Because this is real, y'all. The letter kills. The Bible kills. But the Spirit makes alive. If you're filled with the Spirit, now that precious book we call the Bible is valid. Without the Spirit, you're a murderer. Without Spirit and fire, you will destroy. You can quote the whole book. But without God, what do you got? You got a weapon to kill with. But with God, now you can breathe life. Isn't that interesting? And by the way, for you that can quote the scripture, have y'all had any bad days lately where you were distracted, where you were frustrated, where you felt like nobody cares, you were dining out, and you could quote the scripture, and you got in your closet and you quoted scripture to God, and you just quoted scripture to God. How did that work out for you? It didn't earn you no brand new with God because you could quote the scripture. 
What he wants from you and me is to be a written epistle read and known of all men. What he wants from me and you is to be Christ. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We behold his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, since God comes in flesh and manifests and reveals what it looks like to be a son, now you and I who are flesh, give him access to his house so that we too become sons. And we only say what we hear our father say and do what we see our father do. You cannot be his witness apart from the spirit and fire. Can't do it. Because the enemy knows if you try, you just open the door to him. He's going to body slam you. You're going to be guilty. You're going to be full of shame. You're going to have condemnation. You're going to have disease. You're going to have poverty. And all this stuff is just going to come in waves. The evidence that you're distracted is that the kingdom's not present. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Second, got a few more minutes here. Jesus says in the book of Revelation chapter 3, he addresses the church of Pergamos. He said, I know that you are in the very city where the seat of Satan is, and yet you have remained loyal to me. And he praises them. I know you're sitting right there in the very place where the devil has his throne. And here you are. You're devoted to me. He said, but I have somewhat against you. You want to hear this one? He says, you have among you the deeds and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans of which I hate. Where'd that come from? What? And Nicolaitans were teaching the doctrine of Balaam. And Balaam taught Balak how to make the people stumble. So I thought I'd do some, what's, who are the Nicolaitans? I've done this 25 years ago. In my research, found out that the Nicolaitan movement come from a man that was chosen to be one of the seven people in Acts chapter 6, is in your Bible, Nicholas, a Greek scholar, a proselyte. Oh, well, there he is. Oh, he was a proselyte from paganism into Judaism, and then from Judaism to Christianity, according to the language. And Nicholas started the group called the Nicolaitans. And he gave Paul much sorrow. Matter of fact, some theologians agree that Paul's letters were monitored and the name Nicholas was taken out of several of them because he was calling them out. And this Nicolaitan group merged with the Latin church some years later. And out of that Latin church comes the Protestant movement. You got to get protesters. That's what Protestant means, protesters of another movement, which was all inspired by the Nicolaitan, by Nicholas himself. And Nicholas actually means victorious over the laity. Think about that. Ruling over the laity. 
And he done it through compromise. And when you go check out the doctrine of Balaam and you go check out the things that happened since the Nicolaitan merged with the Latin church and the creeds and the doctrines that were established at certain councils, what you have is a lot of distraction. And let me encourage y'all right now. Ask the Lord to help you with what you're distracted with. Be serious about the fact that the heart that you have should belong to Jesus. Don't make a foolish decision today and say, well, I'm going to go find out all those doctrines and all those creeds, and I'm going to put that under my feet. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Be wise. And be filled with the Spirit. And let Daddy take you on the journey of navigating the influence of the leaven of the Pharisees and the influence of the deeds and the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. Let, Je let Jesus take you on that journey. It's one thing that the Lord told me to do when I came here 32 years ago. Always point my kids back to me. Don't make discipleship a seven-step process. Because it's not. There's no formula to discipleship. Discipleship is simply, amen, we, we, we're committed to the mission of the kingdom, to baptize and make disciples as sons. Anybody want to be a son? When you step into sonship, your commission is only to baptize and make disciples. You just happen to work somewhere where there's people. You happen to get a check. But you're there because of the mission of the kingdom. You're there to impact the world around you. Why? Because that's the heart of your father. Oh, it's not the, it's not the heart of your father, the devil, though. He wants you to be distracted on trying to make sure that checking account and that house and, that, and all these blessings, instead of blesser, we go after the blessing instead of the blesser. That's a distraction. Did y'all know blessings is a distraction? The devil knows that. The idea that I think that I deserve something is a distraction. I don't deserve anything. Yet, he wants to give me his kingdom. But he only does it when he gets my heart. But there's a problem with my heart. It's been impacted by religious influences. It's been impacted by biological co connections that have religious influences that got into me. And the only way he can rid me of the influence of the enemy that he warns everybody of is for me to open up and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Come to your house and knock over every table. Clean house. Take your spiritual whip out and get the enemy out of your house because this house is to be a house of prayer, a house of fellowship, a house where daddy and his son meet. And by way of the inspiration of daddy and his spirit, this son manifests. You're not going to beat the devil. You're not going to contend with him. You can't get enough information to put him under your feet. You can get the right information, 
that comes from heaven. It's the very breath of God when he speaks to you. Don't you leave. This is, if Jesus was standing here in flesh, and he is, by the way, I really believe that Jesus is talking right now to all of us. It's, it's got me on fire inside right now. And he's telling me, let me have your tongue, son. I want to tell my kids, don't you leave until you be endowed with power from on high. Don't you go do another thing in this world until you let my promise come on you and empower you so you can be my witness, my sons and my daughters. Don't put one more day of trust in anything that has to do with the arm of the flesh, this world, this culture, these politics. We need Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me. I come and I showed you how to be daddy's son. I showed you. Believe in me. I've showed you who you are. I've spent time with you to reveal who daddy says you are. There's more than enough room in my father's house. Not futuristic, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, in this moment, he wants you, just like that 12-year-old Jesus, he wants you to be in father's house, consumed by him consumed by him and the leaven of the pharisees has to run the doctrine and the deeds of the nicolaitans have to go you can actually live in the very city where satan's throne is and be loyal to god because he believes in you empowered to take dominion over distraction Look, here, here, I'm just going to say this to y'all. God don't change, right? And, he, and God wants you to be blessed more than you can imagine. But he can't bless anybody that cheats him. He can't. If I'm cheating him, I cut him off from blessing me. He don't change. He wants my heart. If I'm cheating him from giving him my heart, he can't get in. That's what he tells the many. Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that in your name? Didn't we do that? He said, you didn't let me be joined to you. And everybody that I know of that believes in Jesus, but they really don't because there's no evidence. Pastor, be careful now. You know the tree by the fruit it bears. I didn't say that. Jesus said, and he's saying it right now. Only few be there that find this. The, the broad way is the gate of doing. The narrow way is the gate of being. I want to bless you, but I can't if you're cheating me. That's why you can't serve God and mammon. If I cannot steward my heart to him, it shows up in my ability to take the thing that I treasure because I won't steward that to him neither. And the enemy, the leaven of the Pharisees, 
And the doctrine and deeds of the Nicolaitans will convince you that God changed. It's not that way no more. Whatever feels good, do it. That's the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Whatever feels good, it's the woke group that believe in Jesus. That's the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. You know, you're saved by grace. Go do what you want to do. And in that, you make the grace of God of none effect. You see, the grace of God is given to us to empower us over darkness. The grace of God empowers me to believe that I'm valid. The grace of God says who I am, and I'm not a failure. The grace of God empowers me to put the enemy under my feet. Not to yield to my flesh. The grace of God was not given to me and you so that we could just have a flesh day. And y'all, I don't don't believe in policing people. I believe in policing the guy in the mirror. That's it. I deal with that cat. That's enough. So however your journey is, you got my support. Just make a choice because it's going to produce fruit. And I'm encouraging every one of you, do whatever you feel like you need to do, and and let's see how it works out. And if I can help you from my own personal scars, been there, done that, and then we see my scars. And you that see my scars, and I'll tell you about my scars, if you're wise enough, you know what? I don't think I want that scar. I think I'm going to agree with you. And I'm going to put it to the test. You're wise. You're able to go to different levels than me. You're going to get scars. Everybody's going to get a mantle. We just want to make sure that we're able to give it away before we expire. Dominion over distractions. I'm just telling you, if you catch this, y'all, you talk about honeymoon among the married couples. If you catch this, you talk about families that become whole again. Miracles that you can't even fathom will come in waves. That's what Jesus is telling the the religious group. He said, I want to bless you, but you keep cheating me. If you quit cheating me and give me what belongs to me, plus add something to it, worship me. He said, I'll overtake you with blessing. Anybody want to get overtaken by God? Well, then let's get empowered. You can't, you, can't, you can't give God what belongs to him unless, he's able, unless you let him empower you to do that. Because the enemy still has access to your heart, and he'll keep telling you, oh, it's not that way. Oh, that was before them back then. Oh, that was under the law. What? Jesus said, I am the law. I come to fulfill it, and I don't change. Now I'm going to give you power to be who I say you are, and the law defines who I am. But in spirit now. Does anybody need the spirit? If you can quote the Bible and you haven't been born again, you need to get born again. Because I'm telling you, there's a world full of people that justify their salvation based on what they can quote out of the Bible. And they have bad, bad, bad fruit and bad relationships, and they don't like people. But they can quote the Bible. And they can kill everybody they don't like with it. Pastor, you have just, wow, I hadn't seen you like this before. 
Heaven's, heaven wants our attention. He's through with you being distracted. He's ready for your heart. And he's saying, don't you leave until you be endowed with power. Can we stand? Thank you, Father. Prayer team, would you come up here? There's, there's some today that's decided enough's enough. Thank you, Daddy. Amen. Thank you, Daddy. Yes, I know we advertise to 1130 our services, and if you need to leave, you're welcome to leave. Thank you for being here. But I feel like right now, it's the most powerful dynamic and part of the service that any one of us can experience. After there's been one or two or three or four or more that agree, whew, the breath of God. The Pharisees leaven, the leaven of the Pharisees worked up the Jewish people into a lather. And they killed Jesus. Let me say that one more time. The leaven of the Pharisees worked the Jews up into a lather and made them angry at the very one they were praying for to come. And they killed him. Are y'all tracking? Have you ever been worked up in a lather and didn't know you were actually re-crucifying Christ to an open shame? Hebrews chapter 6, y'all brother, homework. All because of the leaven of the Pharisees. And when they saw what was going on in Acts chapter 2, they marveled, what is going on here? How is this happening? How are we hearing them speak in our language? In other tongues. Isn't that interesting that with the baptism of the promise, other tongues is in the mix? But then when you're born again, unknown tongues come in the mix. Though I speak with the tongues of men or angels, but I don't have the Spirit, what does it profit me? And Peter said to the group that well, they just hung Jesus on the cross and killed him. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day. Said, God, I will pour my Spirit out on all flesh. To your sons and your, your daughters. And to admit it, our Lord, our God shall call. And they were pricked in their hearts. Oh. And if you find out you actually re-crucified Christ, the Lord will meet you there. Did y'all know that? As you're killing him, he's, for, he's forgiven you. They don't know what they're doing. Why is it that I don't know what I'm doing? I'm distracted. Why is it that I don't get a clue what's going on? Because I've been listening to a lie, a religious lie. And Jesus will let you kill him and still go after you. Isn't that interesting? How many times has this guy right here rejected him? Because I was distracted. 
And yet, I could feel after him in the moment with a contrite, a broken spirit, and he would come to me immediately. That's how quick he wants to come to everybody in this room. He wants this whole room to be filled with the Spirit. And they said, what shall we do? Repent. Change the way you think. Let go of all the distractions. Turn your heart to heaven. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you will receive spirit and fire. You will be empowered to be his witness. Thank you, Father, for your word right now. Thank you for ears that were tuned in to hear what you're saying. I'm asking you, Lord, with all the agreement in the room, as you came 2,000 years ago, come again. Start showering us with your presence and fire. Start taking over until we don't care what anybody thinks. All that matters is what you think, Lord. Take us until we're in your lap. We're in your house. And we can only say what we hear you say. It don't matter if it's in another tongue. We're ready to say it. And we can only do what we see you do. And if it looks like we're drunk, so be it. I belong to you and your reputation. I've decided I'm not going to be of any reputation no more but you, Lord. Your kids are ready to run to your lap, Lord. Help us. Receive the Spirit and fire. Receive it. With attitude of gratitude, thank the Lord that He still sees you, that He loves you, and that He's after you, that you're breathing. Let an attitude of gratitude just overwhelm you right now. Hallelujah. And you'll become the right sacrifice for Him. And receive it right now. God bless you. Let's lift our hands to heaven and surrender. Let's lift our hands to heaven and say, Daddy, pick your kids up. Here I am. I'm your baby. Take me, Lord. Change me. In Jesus' name. God bless you today.